0: Hey y'all, and welcome back to the But Not All at Once podcast. I'm your host, Ann Smith, coming to you today with a special solo episode, a pep talk that I've needed many a time myself. After giving a friend a completely hypocritical pep talk via text today, I figured it was more than time to verbalize these thoughts in a way that I could play back and preach to myself when I needed to hear it. It's about our bodies. Guys, we put so much focus and emphasis and importance on the shell that we're living in. I'm not going to try and talk us down. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter because look around. Every moment we are awake, we're getting messages that tell us the exact opposite. It's conditioned into our brains before we're even old enough to know that it's happening. I don't want to minimize what we're up against or belittle it or say that it's silly, but I do want to give all of us some perspective. Here are some tricks that I'm using to become perhaps not a lover, but at least an acceptor of this shell. to focus on the fact that this body I'm living in is just a frame for so much more that's happening within it. We're not getting any younger. I happen to have four children. You might have zero or two or... The fact of the matter is, I've never been as old before as I am today. And I have no idea what this body would look like if I'd gotten to my mid-30s with exactly zero children. That said, blaming it on babies totally minimizes the miracles that this body has helped bring to life. And if I'd gotten to this point in my life and never carried a heartbeat inside of my body, I would still be minimizing and dismissing and blowing off all of the worth and value and purpose this body had served to this point. I try to take that out of the equation as best I can. I don't look in the mirror and say, this is my post baby body. This is just what I look like, full stop. The other side of that equation is this, I am younger today, then I will ever be again. I will be older by the time you hear this than I am as I'm speaking these words. One day, Lord willing, I will be 85, looking back on photographs from this time in my life and thinking, that girl didn't know how good she had it. That girl didn't even notice that she woke up and rose from her bed without pain. She had the privilege of lifting weights and running after her children with relative ease. It was a luxury she took for granted because her rib cage was a little bit larger around than she wanted it to be. I'm trying to think of 85-year-old Anne here, and I encourage you to step back and get a little perspective by looking at things from the viewpoint of elderly you. So we've already taken the words gargantuan, monstrous, overweight, horrendous out of our vocabulary. Now that we've done that, let's remember, as with everything, if we wouldn't say it to our best friend, I don't want us to say it even silently to ourselves. So often we take things off our plates so that we don't say them in front of our children or our husbands or our coworkers because we don't want them to A, pick it up, or B, think we're nuts. Here's the deal. The stuff we say in our heads still sinks in perhaps more there because it's just ricocheting around in our skull, sinking in so deeply that we don't even notice the damage we're doing. It breaks my heart to hear the things I say about the way I look and the things that the people I love say about the people I care so deeply for and see in such a full, holistic way. Not long ago, my husband took a picture of me. I was feeling pretty cute. I'd gotten up, dried my hair, gotten dressed, gone to my son's school, and so proud of his accomplishment. I reached over, gave him a big hug, and let my husband take a little photo op moment so I could remember, hey, I was here. It happened. I left the house. When I got home and looked at that picture, I did the old pinch and zoom, pinpointing every flaw. Guys, it it wasn't cute. The first word that came to mind was not gargantuan, so I guess we can applaud that, but it was linebacker. I'm 5'9", have strong shoulders. I'm not a tiny little fairy wisp of a girl. But it wasn't my most flattering angle. If my best friend had sent me that photo, I would have thought, huh, that's an odd photo of her, and moved about my day. Because it was a photo of myself, the obsession took far more time than I'm willing to admit even to you. Pinching and zooming and comparing and contrasting and looking at photos from last week and last year. And what happened? Is this a bad picture? Is this how I look and no one wanted to tell me? And if it is how I look, what does it mean? do I have less worth? The real shame here is that I was smiling broadly in that photograph. Mac had worked so hard and I was truly overjoyed to be at his school to celebrate him. But all I remember is the way the stripes across my shoulder looked like they could have been some kid in the NFL drafts jersey stretched to the breaking point. It wasn't a great feeling, and it took away entirely from the point of capturing that moment. Looking at that photo with the lens of a proud mother, I think about how in 20 or 30 years, I do not care if that boy grows up to be a man who looks like Robert Redford or not. I support him entirely. That's what that image captures to me. But I cannot, and often do not, extend that same grace and acceptance to myself. Does it matter to me if my children are the handsomest or most beautiful people in the world, or if they look entirely average, but are who God created them to be, doing things with purpose and passion and love? Absolutely not. Not that I would know the difference. Let's be real. These kids are absolutely gorgeous in all of their parents' eyes, as they should be. I don't often realize when I look in the mirror or I pinch and zoom on a screen and critique Every tiny piece of myself that I am critiquing the handiwork of the creator of the universe. In so many ways, and very often aloud, I'm saying this falls short. It's not good enough. I am not enough. It's ludicrous when you spell it out. Here's what I want to tell you more than anything else. Literally zero people see you the way that you see yourself. Even a stranger is not going to cast the kind of critical eye you do. I wish you'd give yourself a little bit more leeway, a more flexible definition of what it means to be beautiful. Think about what your body does. If we're just focusing on the physical, your friends, your husband, your children, they don't want the company of the Instagram model whose body you covet, but let's be real, we'll probably never achieve They want to be with you, however and whoever you are. Perhaps things look a little different than they did 10 or 15 years ago. And what of it? I am forcing myself to get to a place of saying, okay, what of it? I'm not saying you need to look in the mirror and say, no, my legs are long, slender reeds, if that's just not the case. Okay, maybe my legs are a little stocky, a little thicker than I'd like. What of it? Should I cower in shame every time someone comes around with a camera or a set of eyes that work? Should I wear just a full body covering, a burqa, every time I leave the house? Or should I acknowledge that not only is pretty much everyone else in the wider world more focused on themselves than they are in my appearance, but the kind of people who are obsessively picking apart the half an inch my rib cage has probably grown in the decade I gave children are not the kind of people I want to spend time with anyway. What if I stopped thinking about it and freed myself up to be present at the school function, at the baby showers, the tailgates, just walked out of my front door and smiled in that moment, interacting with other people, thinking about them and their insides, not the circumference of their thighs or how well their hair is doing that day. Because my worth and yours, it doesn't vary based on the size of anything. What I need to do is get my feelings on board. The trouble is in my mind, it's not in my body. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said, yes, nailed it, finally got there, check the box, cross the finish line, this is it, what I've always wanted to see. If you have, Girl, I wanna see a picture of you and then I wanna give you a slow clap because you know what? I don't know a single other woman on this planet who would say that. No one's achieved quote unquote it. So maybe if I let go of the process of looking and looking and looking at myself, I'm gonna free up all of those beautiful brain cells. I could go do some big things. So here's what I want you to do. A little exercise. I want you to pretend that someone you care about just sent you this text. I can't believe how bad things have gotten. I've really let it get out of control. I am gargantuan. I don't even want to leave my house. No one should have to see me this way. Okay, so that's probably a little extreme, but let's just pretend she's gone off the rails. What would we say? The first thing we would do is stop that nonsense right on the spot. No way. I have seen you in recent history, and not only do you look exactly the same as you always have to me, which is, by the way, precious, what has gotten into you? What makes you think that spending 30 minutes in front of the mirror is a good use of your time today? This isn't like you. Then you would spend another 20 minutes walking her through all of the ways she has saved your heart, your hide, your day. Tell her all the things of value. And I feel pretty confident that those things would not include a whole lot about the way she looks. The thing about standing in front of that mirror for 30 seconds or 30 minutes, especially with that critical eye, is that it is improving your state of mind exactly 0.0 degrees. It is burning exactly 0.0 calories. And if it leads to stress eating, it's actually burning negative calories. It's teaching you nothing new. Even if you walk to that mirror with the best of intentions, maybe you are exercising more, lifting weights, and wanting to take a gander from a documentary perspective. See how things have changed. Give yourself maybe five seconds. Glance a easy, casual, breezy up and down. Take a look. Move about your day. Measurements. Are data, their numbers, their facts. If you're lifting weights, if you're trying to gain muscle mass, we can get on board with that. But just standing there and examining everything in all different number of lights, I can think of no justification for sending yourself into that kind of a tailspin. And if you're going to spend that five seconds looking in the mirror, taking that documentary view, I want you to wrap it up with a smile look at that human from a distance with the lens of a photographer capturing an image and smile at the subject of your glance. That person has value and worth. You would smile at a stranger on the street. You're more than a stranger. We need to get to that point, guys. If someone was insulting me every time they laid eyes on me, I would be pretty loath to do what they wanted. We need to get to a point where if we can't say the most effusive, over-the-top, unbelievable, headline-worthy things about ourselves, we can at least be kind. Smiling at yourself in the mirror probably feels a little odd at first, but it really just says, hey, you got me here. You survived that crappy job, that boyfriend you should have broken up with like three years before you did. A handful of days you were confident you couldn't survive. And here you are. And I think we're gonna... If we're fortunate enough, walk this path together for a while, we might as well be cordial. This year, I've implemented No Way 19, which is just a catchy way of saying I'm not getting on a scale. To some of you, that might not be a big deal. You might never get on a scale. But for me, it's always been a pretty concrete measurement of how I was doing. Do I really hate myself today or do I feel pretty okay about the choices I've been making? Shifting my gaze from that little electronic number on the floor has allowed me to take a look at the things I'm doing with my body, the things that I'm using these limbs for, the purpose that I'm serving on this planet. The work God has put me on this earth to do, I can do it whether I love the shape these arms are in or not. I can use them to love people. They really don't care if the bicep that's hugging them is rock hard or has maybe just done a couple push ups in the last decade or two. They just wanna know someone cares. When I'm 85, will I look back and think that X number of weeks or months or years is the exact moment in time when I should have snapped back to my pre baby shape, to some sort of runway ready physique that I may or may not have ever had? And again, Who knows what I would look like in my mid-30s, whether I had carried one child or a hundred burritos. Does it really matter in the way that I walk into the world? I'll tell you that a few of my favorite people carry themselves in a way that is inspirational to me. And I mean that in a physical sense. They walk into a room, shoulders back, chin up, happy, or at least very content and calm to take up space in that room, smiling to see you. They're not the tiniest people you've ever seen, but my goodness, are they beautiful. And their confidence, or at least their composure, and their lack of concern or apologies for the fact that, you know, their shoulders aren't six inches wide, it frees me up to also not be a Kate Moss waif circa 1995. It takes my gaze off of myself, and all they've done is take their gazes off of themselves. This kind of contentment and peace, and outward gaze is contagious. In the best possible way, and in the most silent way, it is teaching me how to walk through the world. Letting go of 30-something Anne's schedule and expectations for what a body looks like, and taking that 85-year-old Ann's viewpoint, I feel like that Anne wants to high-five myself. Girl, you survived a lot. Look at you. You're still here. Okay, let's get down to work. I firmly believe That elderly Anne is going to look at me with a bit more grace. And you know how I know that? Because I've seen my high school yearbook. I flipped those pages look myself right in the little black and white eyes and think, oh, sweetie, I just want to give you a big old hug. At no point do I echo the criticisms that were undoubtedly clanking around in 16-year-old Anne's head. I look at her with the sweetest, softest lens, and I think, that girl did the best she could. I just wish I could have eased that burden for her a little bit, and that's what I'm trying to do for myself and for all of us today. So here we are, y'all. We're in these bodies, whether we love them or hate them or tolerate them or speak kindly about them. We're not doing anything by our thoughts or our words to change their health, their function, their utility. We're certainly not improving our mental health. And we're not improving our hearts in the literal or figurative senses. We're not setting a great example for the little people who are watching us. And we're also maybe not being that encouraging to the friends around us who love and care for us and maybe don't look that differently than we do. I'm not just hurting myself. There's a ripple effect. Maybe my little teacup friends are thinking, wow. And six inches taller than me, and she doesn't like the way she looks. Maybe, maybe there's a little more to pick apart of myself than I realized. And heading over to that mirror herself. Here's the deal: you're created by the same hands that made the grand, stinking canyon. The babies that you love and hold. I see you. I see that it's kind of weird to feel different. Maybe not just different from other people, but different from the way you want to be. I want us to get to a point where we can say, "And what of it? This is the body I live in. It's not me." I am a soul who has a body. I'm not a body. I don't love these legs, but what of it? Is the world going to stop? Is it going to make me love my family less? Make me do a poorer job at work? unless you're someone whose income depends in the way that Giselle Bunchens did on the circumference of her thighs, I think you're probably okay. And maybe things would work out a little bit better if we didn't send rapid fire insults at our reflection every time we passed a mirror or saw a photograph. Hundreds of years ago, I'm pretty sure that ladies just went on how their corsets fit. Whether they had the energy and the strength to do what they needed to do, that's what guided them. So here I am. Still struggling with this, still preaching to myself at my dining room table, still wanting more than anything for you to believe that people love you just as you are. That the same things you say about little children, look at those knuckle dimples, look at those squishy thighs, look at that little belly. The creator of the universe is saying about you. You are his handiwork. You are his child. And everyone else, they can just kick rocks, man. With their standards and their messages and their products that cost $50 billion a year to make you still feel like you're not quite enough. Those fleeting thoughts, they're not facts. They're not truths. They're unkind. And if they came from anyone else's mouth, we would find a way to avoid that person at all costs. Since we can't avoid that reflection, we need to work on shutting them off. That's the end of both my TED Talk and my lecture to you this evening. You're probably going to have to listen to it on repeat, especially as bathing suit season approaches. It's that magical time of year when magazine headlines and Instagram-sponsored posts and even conversation around preschool tables are going to tell me that it's time to shift my thoughts into getting smaller, into becoming less, and that opens up a world full of hurt for people like me. I don't want you to feel like you need to be less. Maybe you're a little bit larger than you want to be. What of it? The solution for me is to do more, to love people more, serve people more, use this body to lay my life down for other folks more. And then not only do I not have the energy and the time to pinch and zoom and pick apart, I also have the confidence and the peace that comes from knowing I am serving my purpose. One glorious side effect, when you are that filled to your brim with purpose, not one single person who comes across you is going to be consumed by or think of the size of your hips. They're going to be overwhelmed with the love of God coming through the use of that shell. That's what I want for you and it's what I want for myself too. I would love to hear how you handle this. Thanks for being there and listening to me preach to myself more than any of you. Bye guys. That's it for today's but not all at once. Thanks so much for joining us, y'all. I hope you'll subscribe because we have a lot to talk about this season and I don't want you to miss a single story. If you love what we're doing, would you consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? It would mean the world, like more than a porch drop of a large Chick-fil-A sweet tea with pellet ice it's a big deal. Come join the conversation at but not all at once on Instagram or email me directly at but not all at once at gmail.com. As always, I'm Anne Smith, and I'll see you right here next week. Bye guys.